0: Hello, hi, how are you? <laughs>
1: You caught me. You probably got a boob shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like, I am just like, I was going to wash my hair today, and then I thought, you know what? It doesn't look too bad. I'll just throw curls in it. Nobody is going to know any better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: no, I understand. <laughs> hey, I have oh a question. Oh my job goodness. So something. funny. You look great. You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. So do you. How are you?
1: I am so excited to be doing this with you. Um, hold on, I did forget one thing, my lip gloss. I like to be a little shiny on my lips. Yeah, yeah
0: no, I hear you.
1: Okay. And then I've got a surprise for you because what was your power song, girl? Um, oh, my God, you know
0: what I don't remember right now? Isn't that terrible? Because it's
1: yes. Okay, what is a power song for you? Oh, um
0: what's the one you you think about it we're gonna get that actually I'm gonna see if I can find the one I sent you because I liked it a lot and I haven't listened to uh, let's see because I think I have um, in my thing here Uh, 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 oh my god I do like that one um, about roaring. You know which one I'm talking about? Probably not. Oh wait, I might have found it.
1: A roar, Katy
0: uh, Yeah, that's a pretty good one. But I usually like to look at all the lyrics. You know, that's my problem, and that's why I had—I think I had sent. No, I can't find it in here. Oh wait a minute, maybe it's here. Nope.
1: I have as a lip gloss. I have to have a little fresh.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same.
1: Right? I just I just think it looks kind of crisp
0: on the on the camera. Yeah, otherwise it kind of washes you out if you don't. Yeah, it does. into you, But I'm like, what? huh? I can't find it. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Okay, so we're
1: okay. We're we're
0: okay. It's in here somewhere. About you. I can okay. send it to you.
1: Okay, so Katy Perry, I have it. Okay. So this is what we're gonna do to get you jazzed up. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-oh. No, I'm laughing. Oh, I'm gonna send you a thing. If you wanna, um, this guy, a friend of mine, who's, uh, he manages like musicians. Okay. put together this thing and we're, we're all doing videos today which is so this all worked out very well because one day of makeup during quarantine you know what i mean yeah yeah i've been i've
1: been doing that just like okay so how many can we book in a day i yeah. don't need to pee, i don't need to do anything more than just exactly, go
0: exactly, yeah <laughs> so he's doing this song by journey I, i'll i'll send you the the actual because i can't remember what song it is i'm like dude i can't sing. He's like, I'm like, you just have to give me a little part or something and I'll do it. He's like, oh my god, so much fun. Okay, well, we have, we we haven't, I have, together.
1: Okay, I have till two o'clock. So, um, so here's what, what we're going to do here. Um, First, I got to get your song. So that's first and foremost, super important. Um, Music. I I just think that's super cool. Gets us all jazzed up. And then while that's playing, um we can Katie Perry K A T Y Okay uh Teenage Dream maybe not um
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw but the lyrics are good
1: Okay uh, The Roar no that's not it um Katie Perry what is it called again? Yeah. What did I say it was Ra no uh I just got it hmm um Katy Perry okay you know what we're gonna do something else
0: oh that's called Roar
1: is it okay
0: yeah
1: okay um and then okay here we go I, I got a new um Cell phone. So I got this one here. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. It's all up. I knew he was
0: spending a lot of time at the piano, but I was doubtful he could get that far with math. Skip ads.
1: Great. We can dance. Okay, so, so I'm going to try something. I, I did this yesterday. Yeah. So uh, do you do Facebook Lives?
0: Yeah, a little bit, yeah.
1: Okay, do you do Instagram Lives?
0: More Instagram than I would do Facebook. I haven't
1: done one in a long time, though. Yeah. Okay, so... Hello, everyone. My name is Monica Kretschmer, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Universal Women's Network, Women of Inspiration Awards, and this is the Women of Inspiration podcast. We are interviewing women of inspiration who are inspiring others to lead by example, to ignore the naysayers, and are making an impact locally, nationally, and globally. So my guest today is the amazing uh, 2019 Woman of Inspiration Advocate and Catalyst for Change, Marnie Grunman. Marnie, you're joining us here from Toronto. You are a inspirational, motivational speaker. You are a best-selling author. You are an advocate for, I'll let you talk about that. You do so much work in the community for homelessness, um, raising the awareness for human trafficking, Um, against it Uh, so we're dying to know your story and so I think that um, in the green room we were talking about you know the time of this interview how critical it was because right now people are fearful they're they're feeling overwhelmed um, about the uncertainty of everything you know I just want to actually get the date on record right now like it's Sunday what day is it? I lost track. Uh,
0: <laughs> March 29th, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. So everything, the world, we're experiencing a historical time in our life. That will. This has never happened. Where businesses are closed, um, airlines, um, have, have borders been shut down. Like people are. Everybody's working from home around the world. Like this is unprecedented. So, you know, there's lots of people that are trying to. You know. Figure out their new norm, and there's nothing better than to look for inspiration through people that have gone through great adversity. I think that is super, super key. Knowing that you can get through the other side. So, thank you for sharing um, your personal journey with us today. And I want to start with, you know, um, I want to go back to, you know, uh, the young lady, the the little girl that was lost. And you know, so wherever you'd like to start that journey, I think. Let's dive in.
0: Well, first of all, I just want to say, um, in adjusting to our new norm, I think we all need to remember this is our new temporary norm. You know, this is going to pass like all things do, right? Um, and, and I draw that from my childhood, from, from those experiences. Uh, I grew up in a very dysfunctional and abusive home. I say grew up, I grew up until the age of 13 in, in that home. Um, There was everything from psychological to physical to sexual abuse going on and by the time I was 13 I ended up living on the streets. I started running away at an extremely young age. And most kids who run, they run several times before it finally sticks. And so for me, that's what happened. And I ended up um, growing, growing myself up the rest of the way, living on the streets for from 13 to 14 and a half. I was trafficked for labor. I was, I went through every experience that any child living on the streets or even any adult homeless person. Um, person without shelter would go through. And as we're in these times right now, obviously that's an even bigger concern than normal than than it normally is.
1: So let me ask you something about, you know, do you remember those times vividly at thirteen years old? Uh, do you remember you know lying your head to sleep? where did you sleep?
0: Oh, I I definitely remember. I I have pockets, I should say. Some of the daily life is gone. uh, And that's a a byproduct of a traumatic experience. Uh, I I remember sleeping in abandoned buildings and I would sleep upright near a window or door, near some place where I can get out. And uh, I wouldn't lay my head down. I was ready to to leave at any moment in case somebody came in and either, you know, wanted to mess with me in some way or kick me out in general. Um, I remember sleeping on park benches. I remember not having any food for days. Um, One of the lowest points for me, I was living in an apartment complex sauna. And what's interesting about this lowest point is it also became my highest point. Uh, it's cold. I didn't know how to work the sauna. I was afraid to make noise because somebody might come and discover me and kick me out. Um, it was the only shelter I had at the time and I was feeling particularly vulnerable and alone And for whatever reason in that moment. Um, and I remember thinking, sadly, like I look back now, it's it's a sad thought, but it was the thought that got me through. And that was, I was paying up front. I was like paying my dues up front for a better life that lay ahead. And it's really a big part of what just kept me pushing forward is just knowing that that was temporary and things had to get better and they were gonna get better.
1: So, you know, I can't even imagine, um the mental strength that you had and you know people often wonder how am I going to really make it through and so I believe that we have each and every one of us has that mental strength but you only tap into it when you absolutely need to tap into it and it's like your superhuman power and your cape come on. And you're the bravest, strongest person that you could have ever imagined. Like, you're like, wow, where did this come from? So what what was that for you? Like, how did you, how did that mental, like, can you describe that feeling? Because I, I know I have my own, but I'm curious yeah. about where did you go in your head to get to there?
0: You know, it's, it's something that I had at a really young age. I think it it was how I survived when I was in abusive situations. Um, So what it looked like to me was not focusing on what was happening in that moment or where I was in that moment or what I didn't have in that moment. And it's the same mindset I have now. I choose to focus on what's going to work for me instead of succumb to what isn't working for me and every single one of us has the ability to do that you know it's a mind management thing we choose what we give our energy to and for whatever reason as a small small child that's where my brain naturally went i guess it's just your survival instinct right
1: very interesting so you know i think what's so powerful about your story is that My goodness, it's so, I can't even imagine, you know, one night and when you're 13 and 14, a a young woman, you know, like we have these things called periods happening, you know, like how did you handle puberty? I know that's kind of a weird question, but I'm like going, "It's it's not the same for like girls are way different. We've got all these other things that happen to us all the time. Like, oh my God, like it's like 10 times worse.
0: Yeah. Well, I it's worse. a miracle that I didn't end up becoming very ill because of just, you know, sanitary conditions. And you think about people that are out there now and, and the products that we all take for granted that we have and the comforts and things like that. I mean, I, I didn't have, if you have money, what are you going to do? Are you going to eat? Or are you going to go buy, you know, a box of tampons? I mean, it's pretty much a no brainer. So what what I did and what people out there now do and what kids I knew did, you you make products on your own out of, you know, toilet paper, paper towels, whatever you can find, and you do the best that you can. Um, And, you know, finding public bathrooms or places that you don't get kicked out of so that you can get yourself clean. Uh, It it was a huge challenge and it's still a challenge. You know, I I think you might be aware, like, I, I. At Christmas time I have a street team, we go out together and we give out um, necessities to people who are experiencing homelessness. That's one of the, the things that we give but another thing we give are gift cards so that they can have restaurant access, get a meal and also have bathroom access. You know, it's those little things that that nobody thinks about, and when you think about a kid on the streets and think about why they're there, you have to remember that that child was so desperate to survive that having a home with a bathroom and a refrigerator was secondary to getting out.
1: And that is really powerful. Yeah. Like let's, I'm just absorbing, like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it and my heart is breaking. You know, it's literally breaking. And I I did see the video, um, how you went out and I think you have the little Santa hats on and just these simple bags full of products for people. And it's just so heartwarming to see that those really kind gestures um, mean, I mean, life changing for people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Life-changing. A moment's attention. You just don't know where they're, you know, you never know any person where they are in their experience. So a moment that you're kind can make such, you know, such a huge impact. And especially for somebody who is in such dire need of, of human contact, let alone food or any other products, right?
1: So let me ask you something. So 13, 14, you celebrated a birthday. Do you remember your birthday? Not at all, not even a little bit. I think we have to have a party celebration, go back and celebrate that huge (laughs) mile, like huge, 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 pivotal time in your life, which
0: now has become a
1: platform so you can help others.
0: I literally don't remember any of my birthdays on the streets. Um, One of the bigger losses for me is photographs. You know, I've lost all those years and have no pictures of myself during that time and you know that that sounds like a little thing but you know it's not a little thing it's another it's another loss to an experience where you're losing so much
1: Mm. yeah i i you know i that takes me back to 2007 and you know the things that were most important to me when my life turned upside down were the pictures and that's the only thing that i really made sure that I had with my son when he was a baby at seven months was I made sure that we had pictures of us together and we looked really happy and it looked like nothing was going on, but you know, it's it's that memory, right? So, wow, that's, I, I think that for people watching, I think that's really important that these are the small things that seem insignificant um, that we have to just make sure that we capture those moments. We embrace them and think about how we can help serve others.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, how, what was the turning point for you?
0: Uh, having a baby. <laughs>
1: okay. So, let's hold on a sec. So, <laughs> let's talk about that. So, there was some street romance. Was it street romance or was uh, it a tragedy?
0: Uh, so, it wasn't really a street romance because at that point, I. I had a job, I was off the streets. Um, Actually, I had two jobs. I was working in a shoe store and a pinball arcade. I was 16. Um, All this time I was lying about my age, because obviously to get a job, you can't be honest about your age. And I met somebody who at the time, I think he was 26 or 27. And we ended up living together and I, I became pregnant. He didn't want the baby. So, um, I left because I, I felt that he was going to pressure me to have an abortion. I, not only did I feel that, he was. And um, when I had my daughter, uh, my eldest daughter, like everything changed for me. You know, it wasn't, it, initially, I wanted to have a baby because I wanted somebody to love me which is a pretty common thing for a teenager, I think, when they are in that situation, and in in the situation I was in in particular, because you're alone. Um, And then as it turned out, it it made me have to be better for her. And because I had to be better for her, I had to put my life together in in a, more responsible way I guess although obviously I've been being responsible because I grew myself up but it was different it was a very different mindset from that point on
1: and as a single mom I know all the challenges that come with that and it's a whole new level of mental toughness that you have to adapt because you just are in survival mode constantly yeah,
0: yeah.
1: like So I've just got to ask this question. Did you all of a sudden we're like, now I'm like a single mom, are people gonna react to me differently? Um, Sure. Right?
0: So it's kind of a longer drawn out story, but when I had my daughter, social services reported me to my mother. So I had to go back home. (laughs) So everything I've been running from and coming back home, 17 with a baby, um, and our community was not very, um, accepting, you know, our community was, uh, it, it, it's almost like it took a hundred men to make me have one baby. That's how I was treated. And on top of that, I was the kid who ran away. So everything was my fault. Everything was my burden to carry. There was, you know, the, the presentation by my mother was like, I was, basically um, worthless. and I believe that already because of how I was raised and because of living on the streets. So it was a very, very challenging time because I didn't have I didn't have enough love for myself to do what I needed to do for me. and that's why my daughter Jade was such a turning point because I loved her enough to do it for her. It took me a long, long, long time to turn that thought process around and to actually begin to realize that I wasn't bad and I wasn't damaged and all of those things that go along with growing up as a child of abuse. You know, your self-esteem is completely eradicated.
1: So how lucky is your daughter to have a mom that is so powerful and strong and so resilient?
0: Yeah, most of the time I think she I think she thinks so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and so you're actually a grandma now too, right? So,
0: I, so I have three kids and two grandkids. Yeah. Amazing. And, and all like all everyone's doing really well. And um, I ended up, even though I was sent back to my mother's family, that side of the family, I ended up walking away from my mother. And, and as a part of that, everybody picked sides and nobody took mine. Um, or very few people. I have a couple of people now but for the most part nobody took my side or took up for me um, but it's a decision I had to make to break the cycle and to make sure that my children didn't grow up with that same dysfunction and and you know we're, none of us are perfect parents and we carry some of it through but for the most part I did break the cycle and I see it in my daughter's parenting and her children. And I see it in who my kids are, just as human beings, the self-esteem they have, that sense of self-love, and um, that they can do anything, and that they're they're good humans, kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: So there's such a great long story and you know I'm excited for you to actually be able to share it in person in Toronto um, at, in the fall at the Success Summit um, and we'll talk more about some of those experiences but now I want to sort of talk about sort of you know how the strength that it took actually to come out and be vulnerable about your story because you've gone through tragedy you've your way through and now you're sharing and you're open and you're vulnerable because the whole world that probably was in your circle then had no idea yeah, of how traumatic your childhood and the struggles that you had to overcome so what was that that's another turning point is it not
0: oh it was a huge turning point and it was terrifying <laughs> you know because if somebody said to me, oh, where'd you go to school? Like I'd leave out the part where I lived on the streets, you know, kind of thing. Nobody knew, you're, you know, you're spot on. I lived um, a compartmentalized life, like that was in a drawer and and very, very, very few people got access to that drawer, not because I was private, but because I was ashamed. Mm -hmm. And because I was afraid of the judgments and, telling my story and finally making that decision obviously was life changing but it's also I'm so much lighter now I don't I don't worry about what people think and on the contrary they're not judging they're like wow which is not something I would have ever expected. I had no idea what the outcome was gonna be. And my sharing of my story was really to help other kids and adults who were recovering from the streets because I didn't have a resource. That was the whole reason I did it. And then it turned into this, well, here I am now talking to you and um, touching people's lives in a a way that, that makes sense out of uh, a bad experience for me like taking something and doing something constructive with it is really important and it's just freeing. It, it, it's it's changed my life on every front in terms of um, just not being afraid to express myself and have my voice and, and feel peaceful. I feel really peaceful which is pretty amazing.
1: You sound very calm and very peaceful right now. I mean today is you know, uh, when was the World Health Organization? March 11th was the date that they announced that we're experiencing a global pandemic. We are only at March 29th now. Yeah. And look at everything that's happened and you have this aura of just chill and peace. And, you know, like, I, that's why it's so important to have these conversations, Marnie, is because, you know, it's just like, steady chill peace you know you've got this and um you know we are everybody's capable of that right is getting through the other side
0: and some of it you know for for people who are having a hard time if you can focus on what you do have and and what's positive about right now that's going to help get you through you know when you look at the, the rest of the world i can't remember what country it was but they were, um, you know, I think they were shooting rubber bullets or something at people in the streets to clear the streets. Like, look where we are, look where we live, um, look that you have relationships with people that you can, we can talk online. Imagine that if this happened at a time where all we had was like a regular phone, you know what I mean? This is such a higher level of connectivity that we have. Um, if you can focus on what you do have and what's working and what's good, it's going to help you get through it. And remember, we're all in the same boat. I mean, you know, different people are having maybe different um, issues that they're dealing with, but we're all in the same boat and we have a roof over our head and nothing else. And that's that's what works for me. That's why, like, for me, it's I just think, well, you know, I've, I've been in worse circumstances I'm in my apartment, I'm warm, I have food, like, I'm good, you
1: know? This will pass. And I think that you mentioned something very um, specific that I related to, um, and and as I'm experiencing this with everyone, just like yourself, we're, we're experiencing it together. When you go through adversity, like you've been through, like I've been through, it's so personal. Yeah. Where nobody else is experiencing Experiencing that adversity, you are on your own right now. I mean, let's just say that if you are needing to talk or reaching out for support, everybody's expecting offering help, offering support, offering guidance. But think back to those times on the street. You had to keep that in. I had to keep, I'm still battling with stuff right and i don't talk about it um but it's almost it's it's if everybody can just think about right now that we're so in it together and that's the beautiful piece of it is that the whole world is is in this together and that's powerful so You know, um, I and I, you know, I talk about you know the other side. So I think where I'd like to have you share some of the incredible things that you've done um, with everybody because I've got a couple of things that I want to answer, but I'll let you start with you know how about that little award right there?
0: I love this award.
1: <laughs> I, I just I, so 2019 woman of inspiration advocate and catalyst for change. And I could not, you know, you are such an inspiring woman that is making an impact, like globally. Like, so maybe share with all the listeners and the viewers, just give them a little sneak peek of that beautiful um other side um, to your adversity.
0: Well, yeah, this is the other side, I'm, I'm able, because I'm able to share my story, I'm able to bring attention to um, things that matter to me to help prevent other kids from ending up on the streets, to help um, draw attention to the fact that we need to protect those kids who do end up on the streets from trafficking in order to help end human trafficking. You know, part of the way that we need to attack that is by ending the supply of the victims and creating more damage. Um, I'm able to advocate for Covenant House, which is the largest, oldest homeless youth organization in North and Latin America. And I've been honored to be on their committee for the last four years and be able to raise tens of thousands of dollars for them and help create partnerships that keep those kids not just housed, but healing. You know, they provide an actual family unit for these kids, which is something that I didn't have. Um, I'm able to draw attention to issues that we have regarding kids who are disappearing from foster care and nobody's reporting them missing and nobody's looking for them so I- my my very negative experience fortunately has had has a place now where i'm able to create change some of it is small and i don't see it some of it is a little bit bigger Uh, there was a woman who told me because of my sharing my story every day on the way to work she feeds somebody and she asks them what they would like to eat and she goes to get them food and now everyone in her office is doing it you know each and every one of us can do something to create positive change you don't have to go through what i went through or what you've gone through you don't have to go, go through a negative experience to be a, a catalyst for change right
1: so tell me um you know i see the book in the back end piece there so maybe i, I would love you to share a little bit about your book uh called missing um, and sort of just share with everybody a little bit about the book that you
0: that you well, wrote. Well, so this is where it all started. Uh, I initially started to write the book because I wanted there to be a resource for people who were recovering runaways um, and for kids who were going through different issues. And as I started to write it and people would ask me what the book was about and I would tell them it was about a runaway, uh, I would get this change in body language that would happen. The judgment would start to come out. And I quickly realized that people still in this day and age with all of the access we have to, to psychology and, and the awareness of abuse, still look at these kids as being troublemakers. Um, so I changed how I addressed that and I said I was met, writing about a missing child because that's what I was and it it softened people and made me realize that another part of the book was uh, meant to sensitize people to what these kids are going through and then the final part is about overcoming adversity as we've talked about and how i mean we're just so resilient literally there is nothing that you can't survive it may not be easy and you do have to put in the work but it's very very worth it You know, it's always worth hanging on another day and just pushing through because you never know what that new day is gonna bring, right?
1: So what of your most interesting projects that you've had a hand to
0: participate in? I think that uh, really the most, there's two. The two most interesting projects for me, one has been the Women Unite Sleep Out. Um, that several of the Covenant Houses do and we started ours four years ago. And that's just been a phenomenal experience. Uh, It's not just the raising of the money, it's having people come in and sleep out for the night and tour the house and see what, what, what they're doing because you know our support and our doing that means that those doors stay open and they serve just this one house in toronto serves 350 kids a day not to mention the, the kids who own the human trafficking houses and um, the house for lgbtq i mean they have a lot of different projects so that's been a huge huge thing for me and then the other one is i love my christmas project. <laughs> I love um putting together the team and and everybody coming together and donating and coming out and actually giving out the gifts and 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 the interaction that comes from that it's just I like last uh the year before last we had 30 bags and this last year we had 50 duffel bags on wheels so we had a more permanent uh, packaging that people could put their belongings that they had and so next year I want it to be like 200 you know so I see this as a, a really growing thing and it's it's so far my favorite project
1: very exciting I know that you know the the sleep out I had said I'm there yes. what date is that And you know what date was that supposed well, to happen
0: that was May 22nd um, and we don't have a new date yet but I will
1: let you know <laughs> you. Because I said, sign me up. Yeah. I want to. I want to experience this. Yeah, I want
0: to experience it. it. It's just incredible. It's it's an incredible, incredible experience. Most people who do it come back year after year. So it's been really, really successful.
1: So, you know, what could people? Do? I mean, there's always somebody that's in a worse position than we are, yeah. um, and that's what we have to think about. You know, if we're low, 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 there's there's always that would be a treat for someone to be in your shoes right now so you know there's lots of people affected by this and you said we're lucky to have a house uh, a roof over our ourselves right now Um, so what is your you know the vibe right now in Toronto with especially you know everybody stay home what about the people that don't have homes what's happening in Toronto Uh,
0: I I know that there's a struggle to get people in shelters and the, the problem of course for shelters is what happens with the social distancing. Um, my focus is it, a lot of, obviously is on kids and Covenant House is doing the best they can to service the kids even the kids who are coming to drop in and, and it's definitely a very stressful situation. Uh, some of the things that are being done, there's there's uh, an organization called Feed It Forward and uh, the guy who runs that just fed like 30,000 people in, in Toronto, like did 30,000 meals in the last few days. Um, we don't, we weren't addressing this problem before and I don't think we're doing that much better at it now but I know there's some really great people who are trying um, we need to house these people. You know, hotels are closed. There, there are rooms available where they could be kept in an isolated situation while we figure out who's sick and who isn't. And I just don't understand why more isn't being done. So that actually crossed my mind
1: because hotels are closed, yeah. and those are—they've got toilets, they've got beds. We all Yeah, and they're access to food so can't we do like is
0: yeah is i mean too forward
1: thinking or is there too many well i think i you know it, it,
0: If you can run a shelter, you can run something like that. I'm not saying it's an easy fix, obviously, because you have people who, some of them, they have all their faculties and and they're unsheltered. And then you have some people who, you know, might have drug problems. You have other people who may have severe mental health issues so i'm not saying that that it's an easy thing to do but it's something we have to do we have to figure something out i know one of the states um i can't remember which one right now which i guess it's irrelevant but they set up tents and everybody has an individual tent and they just they're in a massive field and they've got everything set up for them and that way they can be isolated they have food to eat um you know they're not uh they they have the social distancing so if you can do that in a field with a bunch of tents it seems to me you'd be able to do it you know watching floor by floor or something like that so you know time's going to tell how how that's being handled you know the people who are unsheltered are also coming in contact with sheltered people so if you don't care enough about them which we should and obviously you know i do Then think about it. If you have to selfishly, you're gonna you're passing those people on the street. They're they're buying food. You know, when they have loose change or whatever, they have access to some services. So if we don't take care of them, it's the same problem as everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So. I'm just, this has been such a great conversation and I'm really happy that we had the opportunity to talk. And I hope that, um, you know, for those that are watching on the lives um, that are going on right now, and also when this is produced under the Woman of Inspiration podcast, you know, with video and then actually just audio on the audio. I hope that people will, if they want to find out more about the work that you're doing, it's marniegrenman.com. And that's, I'll just, I have to look at my notes to make sure I spell it out right. So, M A R N I E Grenman, G R U N D M A N.com. Uh, to learn more how uh, you can make a difference um, in your own community, Marnie you're an amazing woman and so giving and so kind with your with your um, generous with your knowledge um, and also just your time you know so I I really just want to say thank you for that now I always end up you know going back to um, asking our women of inspiration you know who inspires you
0: Wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> uh, the kids that, that make it out on the other side inspire me. The kids that, that I come in contact with at Covenant House. They're, that, they're the ones who inspire me.
1: And you inspire them. There's that circle of reciprocity that is so, so important. So everyone, um, if, if, did I miss anything? Does there anything that you would love to share or to share with the listeners right now? I mean, I have a feeling that this podcast, this, these interviews that are happening right now um, are going to be listened to, watched, reviewed because there's so much really, really great information and I think it's going to help and serve so many people when they're going through what they're going through and whatever stage that is, um, you know, until we can get back to, you know, kind of being out in in our jobs and moving forward, right?
0: It's it's
1: going to be essential to listen to some stories that are inspiring you to go, you got this. Yeah, I I think, you know,
0: the only thing that I, always want to leave people with is just be kind you know take a moment and and you never know what somebody's going through so just take a moment and 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 be kind
1: fantastic Well, thank you so much, Marnie. Uh, This is the Woman of Inspiration podcast, and we were speaking with Marnie Grunman. Uh, She is an author. She is a motivational speaker, an inspiring speaker. Um, She is an advocate and catalyst for change. 2019 Woman of Inspiration. Um, Marnie, you're a mom, you're a grandma. You are making such a big impact in the world. So thank you so much for sharing your time. and. Um, what a gift you are.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: You're welcome.